Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, in, uh, the, about 3.33, I woke up this morning, and uh, I, I tossed and turned uh, probably uh, since midnight, but I didn't, I didn't get up uh, until 3.33, and, and uh, uh, just, this, just the Spirit of God was just showing me some things. Uh, about needs of people, you know, the more that you and I are, are together in close proximity, the more that we pick up uh, on what people are struggling with or what they're dealing with. And so, you know, I think like when we have a work day like we did yesterday, uh, and you got so many people that's coming through the parking lot, you know, every one of you have that anointing, you know, and you have that revelation and that unction, and and. You pick up on on the needs of your community that way, and when you pick up on the needs of your community, as you meet the needs uh, in the natural, uh, it, it's a seed to meet the needs spiritually. And so, uh, I think there's many situations in people's lives that they need to have healing because uh, they don't know how much it impacts them. And uh, I was thinking about you remember when I pulled that tendon. You know, in my left leg, uh, you, you know, uh, that my left leg was injured, but that impacted every area of my life and, and, and my family's life. It just, you know, it, it kept going and going and going. Well, that's one little tendon in your body. Can you imagine uh, when we get wounded in our heart, uh, what, it, what it does to us? And so... Uh, I think that there's a lot of individuals that the Lord's going to lead across our path and, and, and it's applicable to our lives as well where we have uh, heart damage. And that heart damage comes from those people that we, that we love and respect probably more powerfully than anybody else. You know, that's how we get hurt. And, and so, anyway, open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter uh, uh, 15. Uh, we're going to read three three verses out of out of these out of Proverbs fifteen seventeen and eighteen. But in Proverbs fifteen, uh, verse number uh, thirteen, Proverbs fifteen thirteen, it says, "A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. But by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken." And then uh, Proverbs chapter seventeen. Verse 22, Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. And then uh, if you look in Proverbs 18, verse 14, Proverbs 18, verse 14, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? Uh, Brother Corey, would you pray? God, we thank you for this opportunity that we've got this morning that we can come to this place and gather together as a, yes. uh, as a, as a family, but as a, as a body of believers. Um, I know that uh, there may be people out there listening this morning uh, that yes. need to hear this message. And I know that we here need to hear it, and I pray that you change it our hearts that uh, you know, we know that by your spirit we're letting all truth and we know that 
Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Corey. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, as as I was talking about this morning, when the Lord woke me up, there was uh, uh, several th- people that were on my heart uh, that, the, that the Lord wanted us to, to be able to minister to. And so sometimes we've got to minister to them by faith in private before we can ever minister to them by faith in public. And so the Lord, he, he shares things with his, his secrets with his children to, for, so we can be able to help others. And so I think that's so exciting. And, and you know, this little cold snap and this little uh, uh, bit of snow flurries, all of those things are just a plan of the enemy to keep people from hearing what they need to hear. But when you and I are faithful, uh, Jesus said, he who is faithful in least will be faithful in most, right, in much. And so we, we just be faithful and do what uh, uh, the Lord would have us to do, and it'll just prepare the way uh, for what's coming. So I, let me lay just a little bit of groundwork here. I, I, you know, when the Lord talks to you, I love it because He talks to you according to your knowledge and according to what uh, you're dealing with every day. So when the Lord was talking to me, the, when I woke up, I was saying these words, uh, it's in the hard drive. It's in the hard drive. And I, I woke up and I thought, what in the world? It's in the hard drive. And, and so uh, I, I, I got up and walked around a little bit to, to kind of get loosened up. And, and then I, I just sat down and just started meditating on that and thinking about that. And, and so I'm just going to share this with you because I know that, uh, that, that most of you know it. But there might be somebody might miss how God talks to you in the natural. Um, Donna and... and Kayla and I, we had been talking about getting a hard drive so we could get all of our pictures off of Amazon Prime Photos, you know, because they're wonderful memories. They're wonderful memories. So as I, as the Spirit of God brought that back to my mind when I made that statement, and then he rolled these people across my spirit, and uh, then I recognized and realized when he said it's all in the hard drive, your life and my life, it's all in our memories, our memories, good and bad, they have an effect on how you and I walk and live everyday life. And so then as he rolled certain individuals across my heart, he showed me areas where they were, had been uh, hurt and they had, they had a, a, a damaged area in their heart. And so when we're talking about the heart, uh, in this connotation, we're not talking about the spirit necessarily. We're talking about the soul. We're talking about the mind, will, and the emotions. Uh, because when you get born again, uh, God gives you a brand new spirit. You, your, your, your spirit is, is born again, born from above uh, by the power of the Word of God in your spirit when the Holy Ghost touches you. And so that's why the Apostle Paul admonished us to renew our mind in Romans 12 too. He wanted us to renew our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. But and the way we do that is by the Word of God. The Word of God is Jesus. So we take in that Word into our life. And when we take that Word into our life, uh, it reveals things to us. Now, um, uh, let, let, let's put it this way. Uh, there's a lot of people who are dealing with what uh, psychologists uh, and psychiatrists and, and, uh, would label as flashbacks. Flashbacks. And those flashbacks... Uh, uh, 
if, if unless we truly understand them and we see what the devil is trying to do, but then we understand what our God, our almighty God is trying to do, we'll never be able to embrace the work of the Spirit of God. Now, the devil, he wants us to think those flashbacks uh, are there to keep us in trauma and to keep us held back. He wants us to think that that's a part of, uh, that, that part of our past is going to be a part of our present. And that part of our past that's a part of our present is going to have an influence on our future. But God wants us to see the flashback. Now, this is what the Spirit of God said. He said, I want you to take that flashback and I want you to put it in the flash point of my spirit. Now, everything has a flash point. And the flash point is the point of where it ignites, right? So, when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and, and, and we, we, we take that flashback that the devil means from a, for a traumatic experience, a, a negative res, uh, response out of that in our lives, and we take it to the Spirit of God, He can burn that new image on our spirit like you would a CD or a DVD rather than what the enemy's trying to do. And, and so, because God wants us, He wants us to be healed. And so, Brother Corey, I, 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 when, when this came to me, the Spirit of God said I, I, to ask you, so how would you define muscle memory? It's uh, something that uh, you've done it enough that you can do it without even thinking, like your, your hands can do it without even thinking about like where, uh, like, you know, playing the guitar, you know, when you play a chord enough or go back and forth playing chords enough, you don't have to think about it, your hand will just do it. Yes, Amen. Now, see how important that is. Now, I know that you know there'll be somebody that will they'll 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 disagree with this and they'll Google it or whatever. But uh, I, I'm I'm not literally saying that your brain is a muscle. But uh, in 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 theory, your brain is the biggest muscle in your body. Now, I understand it's not literally a muscle, but in other words, you exercise your brain, your, your mind all the time. And, and, and whatever you exercise it on, that's in the area and the direction of prominence, the, the area of strength. And, and so if the enemy can keep us going back to our wounds, to our heartaches, then he's going to keep us right there. And, and, and it becomes like what Brother Corey said. Uh, because I've not received healing in that area in my life, when I encounter an experience similar to that, my muscle memory takes effect, and I act and I react the same way that I always had before. Hence, that's why what the Lord is wanting to do uh, in in our lives in the upcoming services. So let's go back and let's look at this just for a minute. Um, in, in Proverbs 15... Verse 13 that we read is our text. It said, A merry heart, a joyful heart, maketh a cheerful countenance. You know, you and I, we, we want to have the look of the Lord on our face. We, we want to have that joy coming out of our life. And we want, uh, we want to have the, the ability to look into the, the face of God by the Spirit, I'm saying, in the Spirit realm, and take that very look, that light, like... Moses did the type and the shadow in the Old Testament and let the light of the Lord shine out of our life. And so uh, we, to be able to do that, we've got to have joy in our life. And the devil doesn't want us to do that. And so he tries to keep us in a place of, uh, of sorrow. He said, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Now, this word sorrow, it's pain, uh, but it's also idols. 
and, and, and now this is where people can get mad at me and they can get aggravated, but, but the Lord said that there's some, some heartaches and some situations that people have encountered that instead of letting the Lord heal them of that, they've made an idol out of that. They, they have made, they come and they worship at that idol and they, and they think that idol entitles them to sympathy, entitles them to a free pass. And in the sense of not letting God do what He said He would do and letting them be built up to be what God has called them to be. Amen? Well, I can't do that because of this. I've got this hurt. I've got this heartache. I, I, this person done this to me. They damaged me. They, 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 they put a limitation on me. And so God's got to be wrong. That's an idol. And so we've got to be cautious about that. Uh, and we need to bring it back because ultimately what is he wanting to do? He's wanting our spirit to be broken. In other words, uh, the devil loves to torment your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. He loves to, to bring accident and hurt uh, to your body. But what he's ultimately trying to do, he wants your soul and spirit and body all together. He wants to bring you to a place of ineffectiveness. He wants to bring you to a place that he's destined to go, the lake of fire. And, and that's his, his desire. And he wants us to have a living hell in this life. And God wants us to have, what, abundant life. More than, right? And, and so we need to take heed to this. And so uh, as he... Go back to, let's go to our second uh, verse in our text, uh, Proverbs seventeen twenty two. He said, a merry heart doeth good, or it, it makes well, it, it renders, a, uh, renders a cure. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So, uh, if the devil can keep me in that place of flashback, if he can keep me in that place of muscle memory to the negative, to the limitation, to the hurt, to the despair, to all of those things, uh, then it's going to be right the opposite. If, if a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, what does a sad heart do? What does a negative heart do? Because for every promise, every positive thing in the Word of God, there is a negative. And for everything that God would have that would make your life abundantly better, the devil is working to make it the other direction. And so I've got to be in the place where I say, now I need to step back and I need to see. I've thought about what I've experienced. I've thought about what the devil has showed me, but now I want that to be changed. And so when we come to that place, then we're in the, we're in the, uh, the opportune place where some things can happen uh, that God is destined through the cross, through, through Jesus for us. So let's go to Psalms 23, and let's see some promises. Everybody knows these six verses so well, but you know, it, it doesn't really matter how well we know them if we're not applying them. Now, not to take it out of context, but we're, uh, let's jump in real quick and read verse number 3. Psalms 23.3. Now, now, Psalms 22 is the psalm of the past. Psalms 23 is the psalm that you and I are living in right now, and, and, and it's how we are to live an abundant life. Psalms 24 is the eternity, and that's what you've got to look forward to. But you need to live, uh, and I need to choose to live right now out of Psalms 23. And look what he says in verse 3. He said, He, talking about the Lord, He restores my soul. He restores 
my soul. Now, if the Lord is my shepherd, and he is, and he is your shepherd, because we have chose to make him uh, our Lord and our Savior, uh, then we know that our spirit's made brand new, but we've got problems in our soul, or otherwise, why would Jesus restore our soul? So, hold that in your mind, and let's go back and let's read the first two verses. The Lord is my shepherd. So when I got born again, when you got born again, Jesus become our shepherd. He become the one that you and I walk hand in hand with. And and when he is our shepherd, uh, we have to make this decree and come in agreement with him. I shall not want. I shall not lack. So if I'm lacking something in my life, if I'm lacking peace, if I'm lacking joy, if I'm lacking comfort, if I'm lacking hope, if I'm lacking any and all of these things, then I need to back up and i got, I got to say, now, wait a minute. The Word tells me that when Jesus is my shepherd, I shall not have these areas of lack. So something's wrong. So maybe I need this deeper work. I need, yes, thank God I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. But God just didn't save me and put me on my way to heaven and then leave me here. He sent His Spirit that is just like Jesus to grow me up. To, to, to rear me in the ways of the Lord where I can be a witness. I can be a testimony to Him and for Him. And notice what it says. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and He lead me beside the still waters. And when I'm following Him, then verse 3 comes in effect. He restoreth my soul. So I've got to tell the Lord, I've got to say, Lord, I recognize and realize I'm having some flashbacks. I'm having some muscle memory of some situations and circumstances that I don't like. And I I don't want that to label me. And I don't want that to be a part of my life. I, I want you, uh, the, the, the shepherd that, that ceases all lack, that cancels out all debt in my life. I want you to have full say in my life. And, and when I do that, look what it happens. It says that... He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So if there's some areas in my life that's not right, Jesus has got a new way for me to walk. He he wants me to walk in step with Him. He wants me to walk His way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, He said. And John 14, 6. So that's what you and I desire. That's what we want. We want to see the wrong things made right. And it's by His name. It's for His name. So I don't have to be ashamed. Uh, I didn't do this to myself. The devil did. Somebody else uh, may have had a hand in it, but it wasn't them really. It was the devil. He's behind all sin, death, all of these things. And, uh, and you and I, when we got born into this world, we inherited the, the fall of mankind. We inherited the, that number one sin. But we've chose to believe on Jesus and because we believe on Jesus and have made Him the Lord of our life. He wants to make some things right as a witness and a testimony of relationship. Amen? Okay. So, I, I need to be willing to, to, to let Him restore some things. Now, when you restore something, you, you, you've got to break it down. You know, think about whether you've restored a, 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 a painting, whether you've restored furniture, whether you've restored a, some kind of cabinetry, whatever it might be, uh, to make it what it uh, once was and even better, you've got to tear it down. You've got to take it back down. So I've got to be willing to let Jesus take me back down to the beginning, uh, just like he did with my soul. He made that brand new, but he wants to restore 
uh, my spirit, I mean. Uh, he wants to restore my soul, so I've got to be willing to let him do that. And if I'm willing, it changes everything. So let's look and see how Jesus is qualified uh, to do that. And not only is he qualified to do that, but he gives us a promise that he wants to do that in our lives. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61, verse number 1. Now, this, this chapter is about the office of Jesus Christ. Christ meaning God's anointed one. God's holy one that has the anointing that will destroy, not just break off of you and I, but will destroy every evil yoke. Verse number 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because... Why? Why did God anoint Jesus? Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me. Now, mark this down in your mind's eye. Uh, highlighted in your Bible or in your Bible app. He hath sent me to bind up the broken hearted. So, uh, here, Jesus comes into our life and He recognizes and realizes because you and I are a product of a fallen nature, uh, of, of mankind, of, of a fallen world because of what happened in the garden. He knows that we have a heart that is broken. But so God the Father looked down at you and he looked down at me and he sent us what we needed to be healed. So he, he, what did we need? We need Jesus, the anointed shepherd that makes us not lack, makes us not want. We need him to come into our life, but we need to expect that he doesn't want me to deal with these things over and over. Um, I was sharing with Brother Corey about uh, driving through a gate the other day. And I hadn't been through that gate in uh, over six years. And uh, uh, when, the, when I went through that gate, uh, I was flooded with all of these emotions uh, that I, I didn't even know were there. But you see, those emotions were there all the time. I had just chose to suppress them and put them uh, in a place that I thought was hidden. But see, you can't hide anything in your life. I can't hide anything in my life that will not eventually have an effect on us. It will, and so uh, you know we might say, might say, well, boy, he's a man's man, or, or 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 that woman, she's a she's really tough. She's strong. Well, you and I are only as strong as our weakest link, and we're only as strong as that thing that we're, that that we are not willing to deal with. But if we'll take it to Jesus and let Him be the shepherd that makes us not to want, not to lack, it'll change everything. If we'll just tell Him, say, Lord, I'm broken in this area. Because God, He said He wanted to restore. So I want Him to do that, don't you? I want Him to have free will and, and to be able to do that. Now you can read this in the New Testament in Luke four eighteen, uh, if you want a New Testament version because... Uh, uh, a lot of people, they like just to stay more in the New Testament. And there's, but you and I, we need the whole counsel of the Word of God. And there's nothing that uh, the old confirms the new, the new confirms the old. It works perfectly. But if you need to look at that, you're more than welcome to. Now, uh, I want us to look at, uh, in the book of Matthew, I want us to see one of the ways uh, that we can get uh, in life. See... God works, He works in parameters, and He flows uh, in, in areas. And, you know, you've been in church services, and you've been right there, and you can just feel the Spirit of God so strong, and there might be somebody on the road beside you, and they may be clipping their fingernails. 
they, they're not in the flow. They, they, don't, they don't have a clue what you're feeling or what you're seeing. Uh, and so, but God, He works in these parameters. And so, one of the parameters that when we make Jesus uh, our Lord is that we understand how much He forgave us. And, and when we see how much He forgave us, it gets us in the place that we understand that Jesus said that I am to forgive the way that He forgave. And when I get in that place of forgiveness, it tears down that wall because part of that wall of that that I was hiding that hurt behind uh, uh, is really an avenue in a way that the enemy can use uh, of unforgiveness to, to hold bitterness and resentment and anger against people. And so when I give that to him and I get in that parameter of forgiveness, then it opens up the door for so much more. Now, in Matthew chapter 18, we won't have time to look at uh, the full thought of this, but I want you to see, uh, in starting in verse 21, Peter came to Jesus. He says, Then Peter came to him, came to Jesus, and he said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Uh, he's going by uh, the, uh, the the teaching of his time, the uh, rabbinical t- teaching and so forth, and he thought he was really really doing good. And verse 22, And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, uh, but until seventy times seven. So Jesus said, it, it, you and I, we need to forgive. And we need to forgive at, at, a, um, at a level that is only by the grace of God. And, and in other words, uh, I don't know about you, I couldn't forgive seven times on my own. Right? But Jesus tells me that I, He has a command for me, and with His command, there's, there's grace. And with His command, there's grace and there's an anointing. And so, if I will take heed to His Word, and I will receive that... Uh, take a look at that road, Corey. If I will receive that, uh, it will change everything. It will put me in the place... Uh, or the impossible can become possible. So how how can I have my heart healed? How can I be in a place where Jesus is leading me into righteousness? He's making the wrong things right. I, I'm in the place where I say I, I got hurt and I and I I, I, I got damaged. I I got my heart injured. But I'm not, I'm going to give all of this unforgiveness. I'm going to give it by grace to the Lord. And 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 uh, you know uh, what came to my mind was. Uh, Sister Donna was talking to me one time about, and I'll be careful here, she was talking about this lady that she was talking to, and uh, the, the, the lady was having, have, having problems, and uh, so Donna was, was, had prayed with her, and, and she, asked, she asked me to, to help her pray about it, and then we did, and then I, 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 I asked Sister Donna, I said, if you feel led, ask her if she has unforgiveness against, and I, I won't say who because, uh, anyway, uh, and, and so she said, okay, I'll do that. And so she'd done that the next time that she got an opportunity to, to, to minister to her, and the lady, like a light bulb went on. Her face lit up, and she said, no, I haven't done that. Remember that? And, and, and so she, uh, she did that, and it changed her whole situation. This was a situation uh, that had been going on uh, for 40 years. And all of a sudden, just because uh, a word spoken by somebody in due season, 
it, 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 it brought her in a place where her heart was able to be healed. And, uh, and she remarried, and, and, and everything that she had missed out on all, the, all those years, now it's restored. What, you know, that's our God. He's a God that restores things and situations, and, and, he, and He's so wonderful. And, and, but we've got to be willing to get in that parameter, that, that pattern, that, that, uh, that very alignment with His Spirit where He can do what He wants to do. Now, uh, let's look at, uh, in the uh, book of Psalms, turn there with me. Since, we, when, since God's told us what to do and he, he told us how He's going to do it, I, I, I want to uh, feed on that just for a little bit, that He will do it. In Psalms 145, uh, I, I want you to see something here. Uh, look at verse 17 starting. Psalms 145 verse 17. The Lord is righteous, in other words, He is right, uh, in all of His ways. And He is holy in all of His works. So when when the Lord starts working in your life, he, He's going to take the wrong things and make them right. He's going to let the the righteousness of His blood come into your life, and and, and that that holy lump instead of that leaven lump of sin uh, in there, that holy lump of Jesus is going to take effect in your life. It's going to change your attitude and your actions. Now look at this, verse eighteen: The Lord is nigh unto all of them that call upon Him. He's just as close as you and I will allow him to be. He said, to all that call upon him, here's the qualifier, in truth. In truth. And and so God wants us to be in the place where he can speak truth to us. uh, And the way he can speak truth to us is we're willing to talk to him in truth. See, when I'm in hurt, when I'm in agony, all I'm talking to him about is the way that I see the situation, the way I see the person. And, and I'm trying to get him to move according to what I'm feeling or what I see. God won't move that way. God moves. He's only moved by faith. And so I've got to come back and I go say, Lord, help me to talk to you in truth because I want you to be nine to me uh, in this area. See, the devil wants us to have these hurt areas and these situations where God is, seems separated from us. Uh, and, and it's not that God's separated from us, but that thing that I make an idol... Right then that pushes God away from me uh, in my perspective, not from His perspective. Because He loves me. He loves you. He wants to be so close to us. But uh, I want you to see what He says here in verse number 20. The Lord preserveth all of them that love Him. Aren't you glad that He loves you? So you're preserved. You're preserved. So uh, you have a promise here that uh, that God, he, if you will just walk with Him moment by moment and, and, and take those little steps, He's going to bring you to that place of protection. And that place of protection is having abundant life right now. The Lord preserveth all of them that love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. Verse 21, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord. Let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. That includes my flesh. So I want to bless the Lord. So, so here's this area in my life where I, 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 I'm, I, I'm hurt. And because I'm hurt, I have some anger. And that anger, uh, if, I don't care, if I'm not careful, it's, it, it's hidden in that little place. And it looks like it's, it's taken care of, but it's not. Because when I see that person that brought it there, or when I'm in that situation that reminds me of that, and like Brother Corey said, that muscle memory kicks in, all of a sudden, my flesh is not praising the Lord. It's going the other direction. 
And, and so, so we, we've got to see that these little things have an effect on our daily life, but it has an effect uh, on our witness and our testimony, but it has an effect on what God sees from heaven. See, a lot of people try to tell us, God's not interested in your flesh. Oh, yes, He is. Because you have to have this flesh body to be in this world to do what He called you to do right now. Because the moment that my heart stops beating, my spirit goes right back to God. But I've lost my influence. I've lost my impact. I've lost the opportunity to do what God's destined me to do. Well, if I have a wounded spirit, if I have a wounded soul, better said, and and I know King James says wounded spirit, but if I have a wounded soul, a heart that is hurt, it's the same way. It's having a detrimental effect on what God would do in me and through me. And I don't want that, do you? All right. So, just a couple more scriptures here I want you to look at. Um, In 2 Samuel chapter 20, we won't take time to to read all of this. You read it and get caught up in your home study time. But uh, look at starting in verse number 9. Now, this, this, this goes to show you uh, the, the Old Testament is written for types and shadows. And, and, and if we're not careful, uh, people can, can kill what God wants to do in you and through you. Verse number 9. And Joab said to uh, Amasa, Art thou in health, my brother? You know, uh, think about David and the role in this and who David is to, to these two men. Art are thou in health, my brother? And Joab took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. Now, the, the, you know, this is a, uh, a term of endearment in this dispensation of time. And so you can see them coming together and him reaching up there and grabbing uh, him by the beard and pulling him to him uh, as a friend. But what happens? Verse number 10. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Joab's hand. Now, the devil loves to use those people who are close to you and I and, and, and put, they may not have a literal sword in their hand, but they have a sword in their mouth. They have a, a sword that comes out of their mouth and then it produces an action with their hand that can do what? That, so he smote him therewith in the fifth rib and shed out his bowels to the ground and struck him not again and he died. So Joab and, uh, Abisha, his brother, pursued after Sheba, the son of Berchai. Now, I know there's a lot of background here, and you can cover that in your home study time, but I just want you to see how uh, people can seemingly be close to you, and, and, and you've got to judge righteous judgment. You've got to always uh, love thinks no evil, and love covers the multitudes of sins, yes, but love also, uh, it, 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 it's a, a revelation gift. It, the, the love allows you to be able to see uh, the reality of where people are at. And, and so here this man, he, he lost uh, uh, his very life because of a deceitful action. And I'm not defending, I, I know the, the fruit of the life and all of those things. I'm just using this for an example because I want you to be in the place of protection. But if, if you have been hurt like this by someone uh, that acted like they were close to you or someone who should have been close to you, you've got to be in the place to receive comfort. Come on, you've got to say, God, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to receive comfort. Because look at uh, 
in the book of uh, Genesis. I believe it's Genesis 37. We know what happened to Joseph and, uh, and all that situation. But So let's pick it up, uh, Joseph being Jacob's son. And look at verse 34. Genesis 37, 34. And Jacob rent his clothes and put uh, sackcloth upon his loins and he mourned his son many days. It's going to be 22 years before Jacob finds out uh, that Joseph is alive. 22 years. That's a long time to be uncomforted. That's a long time to be in mourning. That's a long time to be hurt. But you realize there's people who go to church and they sit on one side and somebody else sits on the other side and there's an alt there. And that, it happens in churches after churches after churches. Now notice this. Verse 35. And his, all of his sons, mark it down, and all of his sons... And all of his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused, mark it down uh, in your Bible, right on the table of your heart. But he refused to be comforted and said, For I will go down to the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. So his decree is, uh, I've I've had a, a heart hurt. Uh, and and my, uh, my, my heart, my soul, it's wounded. It's wounded. And I'm not going to let anything comfort me. I'm not going to let anything bring a healing to me. Well, Second Corinthians chapter 1 tells us that your God, my God, is the God of all comfort. And He wants to comfort you in all of your tribulations wherewith you may be a comfort to others. Now, it wasn't God's best, but Jacob here, he could have been a comfort to somebody who lost children. But he, he, he didn't want to help anybody else. He wanted to have his own pity party. He wanted to go to the grave. And he makes this decree. He comes in agreement with death and says, I'm going to go to my grave in this way, this form, this fashion. And that's uh, what a lot of people choose to do. And, and God can't help you. He can't help me if we're not willing to do that. In closing, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 30. This is what the Lord wants to do. He wants us to see how willing He is. In Jeremiah chapter 30, look at verse 16. And you can get the context in your home study time. But He says, Therefore all they that... This is God talking to His people. Therefore all they that devour thee shall be devoured. And all thy adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. And they that spoil thee shall be a spoil. And all that prey upon thee I will give for a prey. In other words, we know what Galatians 6, 8 says. That whatever a man, woman, boy or girl sows, that's what they're going to reap. And that's what God's saying here in the Old Testament. But here's what God wants to do for you. So in other words, you let God take care of who hurts you. Don't, let, don't worry about that. Uh, you know, Peter, he was asking Jesus. He wanted to know what, what John was going to do. Uh, and Jesus told him, he said, don't you worry about him. You just worry about yourself. You know, that's what we need to keep our focus on. But look at the promise in verse 17. Jeremiah 30 and 17. For I will what? That's your God. He's a God of restoration. 
God says, I know what you went through. I, 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 know, I know how they devoured you. I know how they brought you into captivity. I know how they spoiled you. I know how they made a prey out of you. But he said, I'm going to restore all of that. So God is willing to bring healing to your life, healing to my life. He wants to be the Lord that is more than enough. You know, uh, uh, Genesis eighteen fourteen, and then I think it's Jeremiah 32 here somewhere. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Whatever you have in your life, in my life, God can meet that need. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. So He wants you to be in health, but He wants you to be healed. It's one thing to walk in health, there's another thing to be healed. And so we want Him to, to do the complete work in our life. And He's done stated under the old covenant that He was willing to do that. How much more now under the new covenant that you and I are under uh, will He be willing to do that? So He wants to do it. Um, so I asked you, I admonish you to, just to consider what God wants for your life. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. I close with this thought. If you go to the tip of South America, there's a, a village down there uh, that, that had a unique... Uh, they, were, they were known to, to die prematurely. This whole village uh, for generations uh, it had a very short lifespan. And so uh, when our scientists uh, here in America got notice of this of this situation uh they went down there to study uh this group of people and see why that they died so much faster than those that were just uh a few hundred miles away from them and and the scientists they got to to looking at their adobe homes and, and in these adobe homes uh there was a certain insect uh that that was raising and, and breeding and, and uh, reproducing uh, uh, inside of this uh, adobe material and coming out and it was affecting them and it was uh, causing them respiratory trouble. It was causing them their lives to be significantly shortened. And so they told them and said, uh, here's what you have to do. You have to either leave this home and move away and, and then you can have a normal lifespan like everybody else or like all your neighbors around you or you can tear down this house, build it back with the, the right insecticide in it where you won't have to deal with this anymore. 100% of the people chose to stay right where they were at and live in what they were doing. Because why? They were comfortable. They didn't want to make the effort of tearing down because they were too attached to their home, they were too attached to their feelings, and that home and their feelings was ultimately going to shorten what God's best would have been for them. And the, and the rest of them, they just didn't want to leave. So, you and I, we've got to make a decision this morning. Am I satisfied where I'm at? Uh, am I willing to let the devil still kill and destroy? Because if the devil is a thief, and he is, if he's a murderer, and he is, if he's a liar, and he is, then he's going to do that in your life and my life if we allow him to. But we've got to see that Jesus said, I am come. 
Come on, God the Father, our Father, He sent Jesus, the one that would give us more than abundant life. Why would I want to stay in a place and, a, and have an open door for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy? I want this healing, don't you? I, I, I want to recognize that there's a problem, and then I want to come to the solution. God's Savior is a solution to every heart hurt that you might have, and it's here for us. So in the name of Jesus, Father God, we pray right now as a group of people, we bind together. We pray for anyone who might hear this message, whether it's uh, over the radio, whether it ends up on the Internet or, or, or whatever it might be, Lord. We pray that, that your anointing of truth would just reach down into the hearts of people and that you would open up blinded eyes and you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear. That you give them a wise and understanding heart. Lord, let them come out of every heartache, every hurt. Lord, these generational curses that are working, let them see that they are generational spirits that are operating in those curses to keep them in a place of hurt, heartache, to keep them bent down, bowed over. Help people come up out of all of this and come into your blessing, Father. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Let it be. Let it be. Hallelujah. Let's make ourselves an altar in our heart or at our cheer, whatever. And let's just let the Lord talk to us this morning and see what God would do in our lives. He has healing for us in the name of Jesus.